0: Good morning, church. Uh, Glad to be with you this morning. As you can see, they uh, went down to the minor leagues to get the preacher this morning. Um, Todd is in Texas, and and Nick is under the weather this morning, and so um, I get the privilege of speaking to y'all, and so I'm excited about that, Um, and I'm actually going to be preaching a message that I preached in Nicaragua. Um, Last week, I wasn't here. Uh, I was in Nicaragua doing missions, and it, it is incredible. And and so, uh, this message today is uh, titled, Help My Unbelief. Um, And so, uh, it's not from our our scripture reading, uh, because I was, you know, politely told this morning, I was ready this morning at, you know, 8.30. Um, And so, this message is going to be great, um, because I know God could do all things. And so, um, but before we get in, we're going to read the scripture, and then we're going to pray over the preaching of God's message. Okay? Um, And we're going to be in John 20. Uh, verse 19. Uh, so I'll give you a second to, to get there. But if you don't know who I am, um, I'm Brett, Pastor Brett. I'm the youth pastor here at Arlington Baptist Church. i uh, been here for a hot minute. And um, one of the cool things that happened uh, this year, actually, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, I guess? i got to remember these dates. I got engaged. Um, and so that was exciting. Yeah. And so. I like to say that she got a catch, but it's really probably the other way around. Um, well, okay, yeah, see, I got confirmation just there. Um, but we're in John uh, chapter 20, uh, verse 19. And so we're going to read the entirety of the passage, uh, and then uh, we'll pray over to preaching of God's word. Uh, so it says, When it was evening of the f- that first day of the week, The disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they were feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life life in his name. So let's pray. Father, you are a good God, and you know exactly what's going to happen today, tomorrow, for the rest of eternity. God, in these moments, I pray that you would open up hearts and minds to receive your word. Because God, I pray that you move me aside so that it's your words and your power that speaks to us. God, I pray for a congregation to be changed and a, a group of people to uh, be on fire so that there's no unbelief but there's only faith that we move with confidence in you. And so, God, I pray for those who are struggling in here. God, that there's no distractions, no, no um, things in the back of their mind where they just wonder when lunch is or when it's going to be done. But, God, I pray that we, we shape our lives according to your word. And so, God, I pray for your spirit to move in me and to move in these people. God, this place is not too small, and you are not too big to, to use us. And so, God, I pray you give us power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the, the sermon is Help My Unbelief. And uh, again, I got to preach this in, in Nicaragua, which a lot of y'all have helped me uh, to go there, and you prayed for me, which I'm telling you that I felt the prayers more than any time I've ever felt prayers in that place. And it's really cool when we actually, when, we, when I preached this message, it was at a youth conference, and, and with the translator, it took about 45 minutes. It's not going to take 45 minutes today, unless someone wants to translate for me, um, but the, the, um, the idea was that uh, a lot of times we have these doubts, uh, and when I got done preaching that message, there was two kids that actually uh, chose to uh, follow, their, follow Christ as their savior, and then when on Sunday, when I preached a different message, because I had to preach, like, three different times in the span of, like, four days, which was great, uh, and one of the times, he's like, hey, you're preaching today. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, that's great. Um, and so, uh, but the, uh, the other time, another two people got to um, uh, give their life to Christ, which is uh, it's one of those things where you see it, and you're like, you're like, wow. That, that, it's crazy what God could do through different countries and prayer and things like that, but um, we are here today for some reason. And, and no one in here is outside of God's plan or, and he knows why you're here. And so there's people that are struggling with things today. Some people struggle with unbelief. They haven't made a profession of faith. Some people are struggling to step out in boldness. Um, but when we were street witnessing, one of the ladies that comes to my mind is we were street witnessing in, in a rural rural. I can't ever say that word. Country village. Seizure. <laughs> um, and she, she had never, she's never not from that village. And she just happened to be there that day. And we happened to be there from North America to talk to her. And we're like, are you kidding me? This is not a coincidence. You're here for a reason. And we talked with her and talked with her, talked about how God's plan was and what he did for him and, and did for her. And, and her mom was actually a Christian that was faithfully attending that country church. Um, and we prayed with her, prayed and talked with her and talked with her. And she finally gave her Lord uh, life to Christ in that moment, which was incredible. When, when we were in Nicaragua, I think I, I was part of and got to see about seven or eight salvations in a span of like three or four days. Which is when well, I'm telling you that prayer works, it works. <laughs> um, and so th- that's what kind of this message is like. Sometimes we don't believe that God can move. Uh, but this, this story kind of tells us that. But when we look back at the beginning of this passage in the first section, um, Jesus shows up to this group of believers, and they were scared. And, and it says that they were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. And why were they scared? It's because Jesus had just died on the cross. At this time, the Jews were out to kill everybody. So imagine that. Your, your, your Savior, the person who said that it's going to save you, who's going to uh, take you away into uh, his kingdom, has just died on the cross, and you don't know where he's at. And all these people are out to kill you. Uh, I would be scared for my life too. These disciples are sitting in their house, gathered together, like wondering what are they going to do next. And then Jesus shows up and he gives us us a command, gives them a command that we still use today. And it's part of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he says that he, he gives us peace. And he says, I also send you. And so even in their scared, um, just fearful state, Jesus gives us peace. We see that in the first part. Jesus shows up to give us gives us peace. And with that peace, we go and tell people about that peace. So they don't have to live in fear anymore. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to do that. And so the first first kind of, I guess it's a pre-point, but uh, so I don't go in order. But pre-point number one is... Affect the world that you're in. Each one of y'all have this family, this situation, this, this group of people that you're around constantly. They of the people that are sitting next to you. The world you're in still needs Jesus too. Even believers need doses of Jesus when they are doubting or scared. But more than that, we have to affect the world that we're in. And Jesus always gives us peace. The next section is kind of broken up in verses 24 through 29. Um, And it talks about how, and it's talking about how Thomas doesn't believe, right? Like Thomas shows up to the disciples and the disciples are like, hey, we saw Jesus. And Thomas is like, yeah, no, you didn't. Like, (laughs) where is he at? I saw him die on the cross and he he never came back, you know, that kind of thing. And Thomas is questioning and doubting that Jesus actually rose from the grave. And the point number one is, Don't miss church, because if you look at verses 19 through 23, what were they doing? They were gathering together as disciples and believers together. They were fearful. They were scared. But what happens when they gathered together? Jesus showed up, and Thomas wasn't there. So Thomas missed a blessing, missed a miracle, missed the presence of Jesus, because he didn't show up to church. So, hey, guess what? You're at church. That's great. You you guys are doing good so far. But you understand that there's times and places where people miss church. And if you continue to miss church, you're going to continue to miss the blessings that Jesus has for you. It is not a suggestion that Jesus is like, hey, go to church if you feel like it. No, Jesus shows up in our church services time and time again, no matter how big or no matter how small. In this place, like, I want you to think for a second, like, Jesus is with us. Like, have you stopped to think about that? Have you stopped to act like he's with you? Like, that's a that's a question that you have to wrestle with. Because you can miss church by being in church. Like, some that, that kind of flew over my head the first time I thought about it, because I think God gave me that thought, and I was like, I don't understand it. But you can miss church by being in church. And what I mean by that, just sitting in a pew, just not taking in anything that God says, that not interacting, not building relationships, not doing any of the things that God has called us to do. You can sit there in your pew and miss Jesus. And so this morning, this message is kind of in two different ways. It's for the unbeliever, and it's the step on the toes of believers. Because there's too many people in this church, and yes, this church that come to church and miss Jesus. I do it all the time. Us pastors are not, like, perfect. Like, I mean, I'm pretty close, like, better than Todd and Nick. But um, but we miss Jesus all the time, even by sitting in here in, in the service. One of the things I learned that I loved about the church in Nicaragua, and Pastor Joe, is how much passion they have every single time they gather and they gather in a house with plastic chairs no ac 90 degree weather and they are decked out they, they have uh, long sleeve shirts on ties dress slacks dress shoes and they love it how many how many of us grumble and complain for getting up at nine o'clock in the morning to come to a church service we're missing church by our attitudes and so this morning, just for like a second, I want you to check your heart and check your mind of where it's at. Am I missing church? So ask yourself that for a second. Am I missing church? We see what happens when we miss church when we look at Thomas. He doubted. Thomas is one of those guys that, that needs uh, proof or like evidence to believe, you know, like Okay, well, you're telling me this, but I need proof and evidence. I remember one time we went to a student trip back in the day when I was in high school. We went to a student trip, and uh, it was broken up. Usually you had one high schooler from your own youth group broken up among, like, it was like two from your group and with a bunch of other kids from different groups. And I'm telling you that we had this kid that loved to tell tall tales, like, you guys all know them. Like, when they go fishing, it's like a fish like this big, but it's really like this big. Or, wait, that's this big. They're this big. Yeah, that one. Or when they, they shoot a deer and it's like, oh, I got an eight-pointer one. It was really like a, a four, like that kind of thing. And this kid did the same thing. He's like, yeah, I'm like starting basketball player, starting football player. I'm like, dude, I'm sitting in the back. I'm like, I go to high school with you. You are not that person. But they had no idea because they don't go to our school. They're from different parts of the country. Thomas is the same. Like, he, he, he needs proof before he can believe it. And Thomas is, makes this bold claim. Of, if I don't see the marks or put my hands in his sides, I'm never going to believe. And Jesus has scars. There's a riddle that you can uh, tell uh, your family members. What's the only man-made thing in heaven? And it's Jesus' scars because we put it there the only thing that's man-made in heaven is the things that we put jesus through the scars in his wrists and in his side and scars we all have them like one of the stupidest scars i ever got was right out of high school we were playing pool yes like billiards pool and I broke the, the um, stick, and I, s- like, sliced my finger. And I have a scar on my finger from a broken pool stick. <laughs> like, how, like, it wasn't even a cool story. Like, like, I broke a pool stick, and I got a scar. One of our friends, um, my, my cousin's here, and we went to Southeastern together. And one of our friends, his name is Danny, which you, we sponsored for a while. He was a missionary in El Salvador. And um, he went in, in college. He got this bright idea to jump onto the side of a car. Uh, And kind of ride it as far as he could. And he he thought he could run as fast as a car. And he was wrong. Um, And so he jumps off, trying to catch his feet. And he just slides on the concrete and has this big gash on his arm. And it's like massive. Like you could could scope that thing out from like 100 feet. Like you know it's Danny because of the scar. And he actually had to get surgery to, to lower the scar. And we would, like, poke it, and, like, it was kind of gross and, and, like, nasty. But, like, scars are not just physical scars, things that you can see on the outside, right? Scars are some things that happen on the inside of us. Loneliness, rejection, abuse. You know, all these different things kind of remind us and, and the mistakes we make, the shame we have, people always attacking us. They create scars on the inside of us that we don't sometimes naturally heal properly. And Jesus has scars. And so the the idea behind that is God sees our pain. Like, we forget that all the time. That God sees everything that we go through. He foreknew everything that we were going to talk about. Everything that we are going to go through. And it's our choice. We can either stay bitter or... Or we can get better. We can stay broken or try and figure out a way to to heal it. And see, God knows our pain and our struggles. In Psalms 139, I encourage you to read all of Psalms 139 because it's, it's super powerful. But two verses I'll read. It says, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious are your thoughts to me. How vast is our sums. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, I am still with you. God knew us. God knew you before you were even born. Before we even thought in the womb. And so these, these ideas that we have that God created this pain for us. It's kind of like this this idea that a lot of atheists and, and people who don't want to claim to the faith kind of stick to. It's like, oh, well, God knew everything. Why would He make us go through pain? And that's a good question. But I always think about it in the fact that if if your parents did every single thing for you, would you ever learn? You wouldn't. You would never know that a stove is hot to not put your hand on. And God is in His throne, not doing these things to attack us or make us like play like play dolls but he's given us trials and tribulations and and scars and pains and things like that so that we can either become better from it and talk to other people about our pain and suffering or to sit in it get bitter and be broken for the rest of our lives and so we have two choices and he wants to change our pain into purpose we can either use our pain in our life to um, point people to God or complain about it. Most of the, again, I don't, I don't want to bash everybody in here because I don't think everybody's like this, but the American culture today is a very complaining culture. I mean, when you go to other countries, you get a better sense of this that we sit in our ivory towers and complain about a little prick in our finger when there's people who are struggling in third world countries who don't even know where their next meal is going to come from. Whose churches are outside on dirt floors with like three benches. And so what right do I have to complain about it being hot in a sanctuary when they're sitting in an open-covered, 100-degree church, fully dressed. And so, again, these me- I design my messages to step on toes for a reason. Because I think me and us as the American church have gotten soft in our faith. Not that we can't complain about, uh, uh, Bible says don't do everything without grumbling or complaining. Did you know that was a sin? I think we forget that. Grumbling and complaining is a sin. Thomas must have been in pain. Imagine that. You've been walking with your Savior, the God who's going to lead you out of uh, oppression and uh, this ruling class of Romans, and he's going to bring you into glory and the kingdom, and he dies on the cross, and you're like, what is going on? Like, I thought that you were going to save me. And yet, here you are, nowhere to be found. Imagine that for a second. Someone promising you all the glories of this world and riches, and you've seen him do miracles and things like that, and you follow him, and he no, do, does nothing in, in what you thought it was going to be like. Thomas all this pain and sorrow is eaten away at him. But what starts... The healing process is belief. And Jesus says to Thomas, blessed are those, you believe because you got to put your finger where, where it's at, but blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. We don't see the physical Jesus here. We don't get that blessing but we get all of his promises and we can we had the benefit of looking back through scripture and seeing how many times Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. Does anybody know how many prophecies Jesus fulfilled? I have two people in here that I should know. Yeah, I'll wait here. It's over what? So, over 300. Come on, Matthew. Over 300. He fulfilled over 300 prophecies in his short ministry. That's not including the pro- the promises that are to come. One of my favorite promises is 2 Corinthians 4, 7-18. And it is so powerful. I'm going to read it all because if we just believe in what Jesus has done and can do, our lives are going to look so much different. And so, it's not going to be up on the screen. I'm just going to read it and I I'm going to read it kind of slowly so that you can take it in. It says, now we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our bodies so that the life of Jesus May be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our flesh. So then, death is at work in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed and our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we don't focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is e- eternal. This is one of the most powerful passages of scripture to be in all of scripture. There's so much promise and hope in this passage of scripture. Y'all, do you, do you understand that the the unseen is what we long for? We see the scars, we see the pain, we feel that. But when we look at what Jesus has done, the eternal promises, we we see that it's incomparable to what we go through. We can't fix ourselves. And the Bible promises us that we will go through pains and trials. I hate to break it to you, but as being a Christ follower does not uh exclude you from Trials, situations, and pains in life. If you have not gone through that, count yourself lucky because it's going to happen. When we give our lives over to Christ, we imitate that of Christ. And he was oppressed, he was rejected, he was spit on, he was punched, he was attacked. And we expect the same thing. But here's the deal we can't fix ourselves. And that's the beauty of the cross. We can't fix ourselves. In this self-help world that we live in, we can't fix ourselves. Jesus shows us what heavenly healing looks like. The world is going to give us pain, but we can change the world and turn our eyes to Jesus as he starts to heal our scars and pain. When we believe in him and trust in him and walk in his ways. One of my favorite parts of this scripture in 2 Corinthians that I I want to live my life by, uh, and that that Thomas started to, to change his life, it says, it's so simple. It says, I believed, therefore I spoke. I believed, therefore I spoke. Even in our doubt, Jesus will show up. Doubt never scared Jesus away from Thomas. Y'all recognize that? Even in his doubt, Jesus showed up. The promises of scripture are true. And in verse 31, the scars may not be healed in our life. The pain may never go away in your life on this earth. But there's promises that that point us to revelation that says that there's going to be no more tears, no more weeping, no more crying for those of us who follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I believed, therefore I spoke. Jesus has never failed us. There's not one promise in Scripture that Jesus has forgotten about. Verse thirty-one and thirty and thirty-one says, "Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name." There's a passage in Mark nine, Mark nine twenty-four. It says says this simple phrase. It says, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. That one sits with me. Because there's going to be times in your life where you don't know if God is real. There's going to be times in life where you're going to doubt that God really cares about you. There's going to be times in your life where you're going to question your faith. There's going to be times in life because Jesus doesn't show up when you think he needs to show up. But you have to recognize and realize that uh, when, you, when we put our life in Jesus, that the, he's going to show up in his timing. It was a week later that he showed up to Thomas. It wasn't the next hour when he said that phrase. And so just because you don't know where Jesus is in the moment doesn't mean he's not there. The promises of scripture are true. There's so many promises. Jesus fulfilled 300 of them, over 300 in his earthly ministry. There's so many things that we can point to to point to Jesus as being the one and true God. And so for us, even if you have that struggle of I don't know what I believe, Mark 9, 24 says, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And so us as Christians, when we have these struggles in our lives, pray that prayer and say, God, help my unbelief, even when I don't feel it, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't know where you're at. Because God will show up time and time again. He's never left us or forsaken us. We are the ones that walk away time and time again. There are going to be so many times in your life where you don't feel God. That does not mean he doesn't exist. And I encourage you this morning that if you're struggling with that idea of, I haven't felt God in a long time. I haven't felt God. He hasn't shown up for me and all these different things. Pray that prayer. Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. But you know what you also need to do? Is you need to act on it. You can't just sit in your house and wait for Jesus to come through a locked door. Because sometimes he doesn't come in that way. When we put actions to our belief, he shows up powerfully too. 2 Corinthians 4 says, I believed, therefore I spoke. So we as a church in here. Let me do this, actually. Yeah, let me do this. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay. So what are you saying? Because Church is only an hour. You got six other days in the week to talk about them, to live them out. So almost everybody in here believes in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Almost everybody. And you publicly said that. Your body is going to be broken. But you believe, therefore, you should speak. Not just me, it's not my, it is my job, but it's your job as well. So wherever you go, wherever you say, whoever you encounter, it should be filled with the love of Jesus Christ. And so what I'm going to do this morning is, as I pray, I invite the worship team to come back up. I want you to know that there's going to be times in your life as Christ followers that you're going to struggle with your belief. But for us as, as, as church members here today, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you need to invite them to church. Because that's one of my first points is, if you miss church, you're going to miss Jesus. As Miss Tony says, you may be the only Jesus you, anybody ever sees. You may be the only Bible someone reads. So what are you saying? And what are you doing to impact the world that you're in? There's gonna be people that doubt. And so we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna invite you invite you guys to move. I'm gonna invite you guys to act. I'm gonna invite you guys to stand up and actually be part of something more than yourself. And don't miss church. We're ending the service right now. Sing with passion. Love with passion. Walk with passion. Show Jesus to the people around you. Because you don't know who's doubting, and you don't know whose who's scars are, are on the inside. And so the God that I serve can heal any scars. And I encourage you this morning to speak. It's really that simple. Like, the Bible is simple. Speak. Because you believe in him. Don't be afraid. You don't know how many salvations you're missing because you won't tell people about Jesus. I wonder how many people are lost and going to hell because I haven't said anything. That's hard. You ever think think about that? Think about that for a second. I wonder how many people are going to hell because I'm afraid to speak boldly about my faith. Let's not be a church that's afraid of speaking. Let's not be a church that's afraid of inviting. Let's not be a church that's afraid of serving. Let's not be afraid of missing church. And so I said we're going to pray a few times, but let's pray now. (laughs) Um, Let me pray for you all, and then we'll have a time of invitation. Father, there's some times where we don't know what to say. God, I don't know what to say. I don't know where some people are at in their walk with Christ. You do. God, let us just sit in you for a second. My heart hurts because there's so many people in here that are not bold in their faith. And there's so many faithful people who are. God, I pray that those who are serving and and working and and telling people about you, God, that you would renew their strength, that they would soar on wings like eagles, that they can see the fruits of their labor, and that you would be good to them. God, I pray for those who are on the fence that don't know if they're a Christian or not, who haven't really made that commitment to follow you. God, grab hold of their heart and yank on it so that they can make a decision today. God, we, I pray for those who have scars on the inside that have not fully healed yet, that are still bitter and broken and sitting in a place of anger because of the things that you made them go through. God, I pray that we're a church that could rise up and be vulnerable and show them what intim- intimacy with you looks like. And as we get closer to you, that you give us more and more love. As we draw into you, that you heal us time and time again. And as we run away, God, you chase us time and time again. And so this morning, God, I pray for those who are running away from you, that they stop and recognize the good shepherd that loves them. And when they run away from you, they're going to get hurt more. And, God, I pray for those who are doubting today, that you would give them security in mind to know that your promises are true and will always true and you've never failed, not ever. Never and never will. And God I pray for those who, who need to speak, that you would open up their mouths and their hearts that when they see someone and they build that relationship that they understand that there's more to this life than here on this earth, that we live for an eternal perspective that we may be broken in these moments, but now and as we understand that you have died for us and you've shown up with our, your scars, that you can take our scars and make them into a purpose and we can change people's lives. God, I I love you, and I pray that we move in a direction. Give me more boldness and sorry for my sin where I've fallen short. God, I pray that you open up our hearts and let us know where we're broken and where we need to repent. God, I pray for those people in here. Shower them with love so they know that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.